Space. The final frontier. Well, okay, not, not really. All right, uh, take two, take two. Here in the Mitten State, welcome to Code 47, bringing you all things Star Trek, spanning the quadrants, the best thing since the neutral zone. Back again, episode eight zero with camera and with Rito's tease. All oh, I'm making the sign here. No, I'm glad to be uh, glad to be back. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into my camera malfunction uh, next time. Uh, my partner Todd did post our latest video, uh, and my stock photo was, without exception, truly horrible. Anyway, I am Charlie Carden, uh, Trek Lord of West Michigan, coming to you from. Uh, this fun background. No, I'm coming to you from we're on vacation. We're at my mother's uh, and stepfather's house in Southern Maryland. I'm recording in her basement. I didn't really think the backdrop was very exciting, so I decided to employ the same background thingy that Peter uses. But at any rate, as usual, I'm getting off topic. Uh, I am here with my exceptional co-host. That would be Katie Quinn. Good afternoon. Hello. I'm just here with my normal back. Oh, you can see my cat carrier. I can see that. Yes, I was yeah, glad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad also, that it's... I do have my Adam Hughes Women of Peace Power of DC. Oh, there you go. You see, but... now we're moving in the right direction. I yeah, like it. It's getting. I'm getting closer instead of it just being a window with a bunch of busted blinds for my cats. I <laughs> Very <laughs> I have nice. Have a closet door, a fan, and a cat carrier. <laughs> Look at that. All things in evolution. And then, yeah, yeah, I'm considering. Obviously, back home, I have my podcast backdrop, but I'm considering moving into my office at home and maybe doing this on a regular basis. I don't know. I haven't decided. But at any rate, we can talk aesthetics at another time. Also, please say hello to Mr. Peter Stein, who is smart enough to have an actual backdrop of the Cerritos Bridge. I'm very impressed. Yep. Look at that. He's the head, he's the head Ritos. Head Ritos for the day. All right. Well, let's get right on in to this deal. We have a new story. Star Trek Las Vegas happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and as it's a kind of a quasi-unofficial Con. I mean, they have a ton of guests, a ton of content. Uh, as far as celebrities, they always have like we have 125, you know, Trek celebrities, including you know Bill Johnson, who is Ensign Number Three, and and Star Trek TOS Episode Twelve, and the guy's like 100 years old. Yay! But at any rate, they did have some notable um, regular, you know, Star Trek actors and characters and personalities there. Denise Crosby was there. I've talked in the past about how I got to meet Denise Crosby back in 2016 when I was in the radio business. Got to interview her on the Eric Zane show here locally in Grand Rapids because Eric Zane is a buddy of mine. He pulled me in. Uh, I was a sales rep there, not on air. Um, and she was super cool. I really liked working with her. But anyway, when she was in Vegas recently. Uh, she delivered a uh, an answer to a fan question, which was, you know, will we be seeing uh, Tasha Yar again? Uh, during season three of Picard, which is obviously being billed as a send-off, a proper farewell to the TNG cast. Now, in a couple of weeks here, uh, the three of us are going to, I want to say dissect, but I also kind of want to say destroy Star Trek Nemesis, which was the cinematic send-off to the TNG cast. But anyway, her answer was, oh, I don't want to give away too much, uh, but I'm going to tell you that you will see Tasha Yar but I'm not going to tell you how you've got to watch as if people weren't going to watch. So what do you guys think this means? Hologram. 
Yeah, I'd like to think that it means something of value and that we actually will get some sort of closure or development of Tasha's character of any type besides just her being able to do a really good job flipping a guy over her shoulder repeatedly. Such a good job. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> apparently that is that is the culmination and the pinnacle of Star Trek security in the TNG right. era. <laughs> you got to believe it. That's why but. you remember that absolutely dreadful it was like the fourth or fifth episode where on, they're on that planet that's basically Africa and it's like stereotype city. Yes, and that she's, is actually the one I was thinking of is because it's just her repeatedly flipping this dude over her shoulder right. over and over. And they're like, she's such a good fighter. I'm like, he's literally just somersaulting over. I mean, like, I that's, appreciate what they're trying to say kind of besides the like horrible racist undertones. Oh my God, that whole episode. Oh, <laughs> It's a dumpster fire. It, it really is. is. Yeah. It is. I I know that when we covered that episode uh, with my previous co-host back uh, when we were talking season one of TNG, we had a field day going through that deal. That one was was that Code of Code of Honor. Peter was the name of that episode, and it was like episode like three yeah, or four, something it like was that. Yeah, super early in the series. It's mo- I a lot of season one gets relegated to the I don't care shelf in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's in the it's in the it's in the way way back of the inventory. At the yeah, end. like I remember a lot of about season one, but it's like right. shoved far in the back, so I can't pull it you, out quickly. You, you sit back there. So, what do you think the chances are that we'll get like maybe her alternate reality Romulan daughter Sela back? I think that would be more. I would like to see Sela back. I think that mm-hmm. she's a character that was criminally underutilized towards the end of TNG and right. Say and to repeat myself criminally not used in nemesis right. like oh yeah yeah and there's a whole we'll get to that when we get to nemesis but they decided to replace uh, a female Romulan with actress dina meyer who i think is great um but still. yeah i mean the, the people they got were fine it was just one of yeah. those like you like, see yeah. like you can like the rest of the normies might not know who she is <laughs> but you treat her like another romulan and the rest of us are like right It'll Look. End being, it'll, yeah, right. it'll end up being good stuff. So anyway, we're going to get Picard season three in February, which is actually the same time that we're getting um, the Mandalorian season three. So that's going to be a busy. It's going to be, but it's also the time that I'm going that April and I are going on the Star Trek cruise. So I don't know how that's really going to affect our schedule. So you guys might have to do that without me. Oh my god! Arr, I don't know if I can handle that. But we will. We will. Highway cross to that. the danger zone. Uh, yeah, we will cross that bridge when we get to it. But anyway, cross. Speaking of crossing bridges, we are crossing back in to season three of Lower Decks. We uh, we got our first two episodes locked down. I watched them again this morning. Um, so let's kick it off. Katie, give us the description of season three, episode one. Yes, Mariner enlists her friends on a rogue mission to exonerate her mother as Captain Freeman faces a military tribunal for the destruction of Packlet Planet. Woohoo! Oh my God. So I watched this one this morning, and I think I might have remarked to you guys yesterday. I think season three is is in the lead for me of kicking off of being maybe being my favorite. Because I was kind of willy-nilly on season two. I love season one, season one, rewatching it. I'm just more and more in love with it. Um, but I, I'm digging on season three. I, I feel mm-hmm. like we're hitting we're hitting some good notes here. You know, right from the start, we'd seen kind of some of um We've, we've seen kind of some of the uh, good bits uh, in the, the trailers, the, the teasers we've gotten. Like the, uh, the, the I, don't, I don't know you call it, you, you can't call it a vineyard uh, where. Um, I mean, it where, is a vineyard. They're still growing grapes, 
Right. But then they but, turn them into racists. Uh, what you I was I was dying with all these little hot little whatever little little girlies throwing themselves at Boimler and he's like no so and so I just I can't even remember all the lines but they're just but like, it was oh. like could you take these varietals they're so confusing could you take me back to yeah, the shed t- and explain that and he's like there's red and there's white come on Bridget get it together I can't believe Mariner didn't lean in him a little bit like dude why don't I just give you 15 minutes and you know I think oh, it was the God. funniest part though is that it was like, really both funny. of them were just nonchalantly trying to keep up their conversation as these women are throwing themselves at Boimler and it's Boimler I know. So you're not expecting that. And that's exactly. what made it so hilarious. Well, he's the only character so far that's had much of anything romantic uh, in yeah. his sphere. And, and and that was, you know, caused by that that weird parasite and him and Barbara, what's her what's her butt? Oh, that was that was a fun episode. Um, but this, oh my god, this episode was just absolutely packed with everything. First of all, I love kicking it off with the you know Federation News Service, and it looks like CNN and there's the crawl underneath and you're trying to keep up with there were some I love pretty it. funny things under there. Like Cap- Admiral Jellico did something obnoxious. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I didn't even get but I love that. I love that baseball has made a comeback. They talked about the London yep. Kings more than once. That was that uh, was an early uh, episode of um, DS Nine because that was particularly in the first and second season. They focused on how obsessed Cisco was with baseball. Um, oh, it so comes back. Yeah, <laughs> out to the Hollow Suite happened yeah, much exactly. later. After all. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, but talking about the London Kings and Buck Bokai, who was their big star, and it was in 2015, oh, I think it was in 2015, uh, that they said, oh, London Kings, that was Buck Bokai's first season or whatever, so I, I just thought that was fun, but this episode was great, the whole, you know, uh, amusement park at Bozeman, Montana. I love the whole Bozeman thing. I know it's like, oh, it's just like fan service, but like, you know, it what would you do with that place? It's the location right. of first contact. You'd turn it right. into a shrine more or less. And right. I mean, I mean, and you think about and the then, show and then they got James Cromwell to come back to do Cochrane, <laughs> which was amazing. I know. Yeah. If you think about it, I mean, uh, lower decks in general is kind of fan service, the TV show, which is awesome right. That's because the, to be it, the point of it, right. There's, and there's subtle little pokes that if you enjoy it, on levels like Peter and I do, that's awesome. But it's kind of funny because Katie, you're kind of the other side of that coin. You love Star Trek, but you're not like about it like the two of us are. Like, well, you know, oh, I really got that. But you could take the things that are funny, funny, and be in, enjoyed with them. And then Peter and I get to enjoy it on uh, on kind of a different, separate, but equal kind of level. I mean, it's just everything about this just totally hit for me. They make and even, it really accessible, even for those right. of us who aren't like in the weeds kind of Star Trek fans. Like I always appreciate the fact that you could just throw it to Peter and be like, Hey, what was that episode? And you know, season one of TNG called. And I'm like, I could not tell you for the life. Sure. Why not? I I still got it enough to be like, Oh, this is where first contract was contact was cool. That's funny. Like it's funny that they made this an amusement park because that's totally something we'll do. Right. And no, I absolutely correct. And I, uh, was I going to say, I, I loved the Voyager-esque let's wrap it up in the last three minutes where the captain just walks in. And after they go through all this stuff that they're stealing the ship and they're going to run off and then the weird, like, translucent creatures start, you know, having an orgy on the whole <laughs> yes. of the ship. It's like, that's so great. But then at the end of it, the captain just walks through the door and she gives this great montage that you get Morgan Bateson, as, who is Kelsey yep. Kramer's character of returning. You get Tuvok. You get this, you get that, you get a Titan-class ship. Now, here's my question is, because, now I'm going to go into the weeds on this one, Riker, in the relaunch 
novel series that happens after Nemesis of Titan, where, you know, obviously Riker and Troy are on the Titan. Tuvok is a regular character. Are they bringing that back into canon? So was, is that, was that also that I, but then again, Batesman, so Batesman and Tuvok, and I don't know, it's too into the weeds, but it was great to see Tuvok. So we've now got Paris and we've got, we got a Paris through line. We've got a Tuvok through line. We've got, we know what Chakotay's doing after the series. We know what Janeway's doing after the series because of Prodigy. Um, so the Voyager characters are making a comeback. I love it. And we know DS9 is going to be back because we got just fly around and look like you're uh, fascinated. Looking by at the pylons. pylons. Stare at the, at the pylons. pylons. Stare at the pylons. So <laughs> this, this was great. I enjoyed this so immensely and I'm just, I, I'm all in. I just, I just had a whole lot of fun. Uh, with this episode, this was great. Other other thoughts, other things that you loved? Um, I really liked how they aped Star Trek Three with stealing the Cerritos. Right. Um, that was really really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, similar. I, the music cues were kind of similar, but also just like they actually had someone in the control room this time. Cause in Star Trek three, you're just seeing an empty room when it all yeah, happens. Exactly. And this time he's like, what are they doing? Both guys. I don't both know. Guys, both, <laughs> yeah, just let both, it go. <laughs> yeah. And Star Trek three, both guys were on a piss break. And then you saw the, you saw the vacuum guy in the lounge as the enterprise. Yeah. To stop he's playing. notices. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The oh vacuum guys notices, but the guys in the control room, you know, who are supposed to make sure that, nothing right. happens yeah. are just like, yeah, we're having coffee now. Oh my God. Oh man. <laughs> so, Katie, Katie, what about Katie? What about you? Well, you know, and in that scene, I really appreciate the fact that they haven't had a chance to fix the Cerritos yet. Like it yeah. still was completely stripped. I thought that was a really great where they're still keeping in Canon with what's happening. Right. Yep. Continuity. Yeah. Right. It's um, important. I would have really appreciated a joke about like, the justice system because they're like you know this huge thing and they've got this investigation i would have loved it if like someone would have made a joke of like yeah of course our justice system works what do you think this is 2022 or something like that <laughs> i was oh. waiting for that dig oh um, but man, it did, yeah you know, but i still appreciated you know how they had this whole huge like montage of like all of this stuff happening behind the scenes yeah i mean they kind of they they didn't use yeah. those words exactly, but they did do that dig at the end yeah, where it's like, right. Captain, I thought it was going to be much longer. What are you talking about? This is right. a federation. <laughs> right. Exactly. I believed in the system and the system totally worked. And <laughs> my favorite adapted quote, uh, which I've dubbed this episode, Earth is whack. Yes. <laughs> Why do we even have this bridge? No one drives anymore. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's whack. Oh. <laughs> it's whack. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, moving right along, Katie, episode two is... Oh, no, Peter, episode two is you. Haha. The least dangerous game. <laughs> on a okay. tropical planet paradise, Mariner questions Commander Ransom on how he structures his away team. Boimler makes a bold career decision. Oh also, other God. shenanigans ensue. Oh, my God. Any other shenanigans? I... The other shenanigans are more what I'm interested in this episode. Oh, my God. Yes. Everybody was – this was just so great. First of all, I love seeing more of Ransom because he's kind of special to me because, you know, I met Jerry O'Connell on stage at Mission Chicago. I got my picture in Trek Corps with him. I have that great Tom Paris plate. So I, I love his character, and he's it's, it's hilarious. You actually found out that, you know, through the course of this episode, they've got to go and fix – 
this planetary elevator thing, which they stole from an episode of Voyager. That was that episode. What was it? Rise with Tuvok and Neelix. Yeah. Where they had it also looked strangely like the one from Star Trek 09, the, the mining right. thing. They stole right. some but, stuff from there. Well, they did. And they did it with the orbital dive and the suits and everything. Cause that was, yep. that was also very similar, but yeah, it was, it was kind of funny. It had some, it, this was a very kind of sitcom layered plot like you had an a plot and a b plot where it was it you're right it was shenanigans it was like mariner it was like ah, i'm trying to follow the rules and and stick with ransom and do what he says but he's a dum-dum and i know that i've got to get down to the planet to save because they pulled a flipper route they sent the engineers to do diplomatic work while the command level officers stayed and tried to fix things and both of them failed spectacularly in the end they had to you know she was like i got to get down there and rescue him because my God, the, the planet with the, the the living volcano plus the computer, the psychic the baby, or the, the computer. psychic baby. It's like it could, it could be this, this, or this. It could be the psychic baby. It could be a living volcano, or it could be a sentient computer. I don't know. Ends up being all like three. You're narrowing it down. It'll be fine. Oh my <laughs> God! Yeah, have you guys ever heard of Overkill? Oh, yeah, it was yeah. really fun. And then it's like I you all like dying. fitness, yes? Shunk. <laughs> yeah, yes. you all just perfectly shiny, chiseled everything. Oh my God! I just, yeah. I, I loved it. And then Boimler's story, where he's like, "I'm going to start saying yes to everything." So he ends up saying yes to a hunt where he's hunted by like. Basically, it's the predator cross with what looked like some kind of anime character who, in the end, it's, it ends up stabbing him <laughs> basically in the heart, but he doesn't, just so he can take he a trophy. Stabs him picture. in the shoulder, yeah. I, but it was really close, like, uh, shouldn't he be dead now? But, and, and then yeah, he takes a selfie. <laughs> yeah, even the captain was like, oh, you, what, what, was, what was the creature's name? I'm I, don't even, I don't remember. It's like crunch like, or something. Oh, I had brunch with crunch this morning, and he's great. If you're, Doing a hunt with him, you just got to see. He's he's a good guy. It's just it's yeah, it's gonna be fine. It. It's gonna be <laughs> yeah. all right. Yeah. It was just oh. great how he was freaking out, and then it's like the captain's like, eh, it'll be yeah, fine. Nah, nah, it'll be fine. And and then he finally it finally ends. It's like you were very good prey. I have notes. Just <laughs> 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 in case you ever do this again, FYI. Yeah. If oh, you're going to God. turn from. Hunted to hunter, do not announce yourself. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. And yet, even as bad. And let's not forget. And again, we, we got footage of this um, back at Mission Chicago, which I watched during their panel presentation. But kicking it off with the Dungeons and Dragons Klingon. Batlets and Barnocks. Yes. Yes. That was. That made this, this is Ferengi deepfakes, essentially. Oh, yep. My God. And then it, how it ends. If you want to continue this adventure with dinner with Lady Cirilla, please go yeah. buy the expansion. Ah. Which was Lady Cirilla is, of course, Martok's real wife in in, mm-hmm. in TNG. So that was that was. I mean, like I said, look at a merchandising opportunity coming coming to start. You know, the Star Trek. See, tech I, see I, very cool I'm on a I'm on the official uh, Star Trek Adventures Discord and. Someone was like, "Oh, why don't they have lower decks?" It's like maybe because they were waiting for this to come out first. <laughs> I know, I'm telling you. Yes, and all the uh, you know, and that's one that I'm sure we're going to see at cons very soon. People with the wearing just the shoulder pads or the really or the fake rubber heads fake with rubbery like, head with the stringy mm-hmm. stringy wigs. That was, I was absolutely terrific. It's just that was so funny. Just I, everything is just so at, fun. as a D and D player. The, yeah. It just made my day. That was oh super fun. It was so oh, silly. And again, they brought Jack KG Hersler to do Martok, and it was fantastic. Yeah. But And also, let's look at the character development that happened within all of these random antics. You had Ransom admitting that he was wrong and that he had just done what he mm-hmm. had done to get underneath um, Mariner's skin. And you had Mariner having to acknowledge, like, I do, like, 
I might not always know what's right. And I do need to trust in my command because he did acknowledge, you know, to the mm-hmm. skin of, you know, I guess. Yeah, the, eventually the he got there, but he did. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, <laughs> the engineer crew was going to die. But then also Boimler, you know, despite getting hunted, you know, acknowledging like that one day of him taking risks was actually much more productive than all of the times he's carefully prepared in, you know, even, yep. um, oh gosh. With the red shirts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the, yeah, oh, the, the, yeah, the ensign gang. Yes. The gang of obnoxious ensigns. Yeah. Yeah. It just was really nice to see the consistency of them having fun antics and still building some heart into it, mm-hmm. which, you know, as we have said, it's, you know, it's just stupid heart. Is what this right. Is, so. Yep. It's lower decks is really good at that. Yeah, stupid. It really you know, is. stupid heart might be a better name for this episode. You guys might <laughs> might I don't be making. Earth is whack is real good. Okay, because I agree. Earth is whack. <laughs> Earth is so whack. Oh my god. Uh, any final thoughts before we uh, before we wrap up and and move on and 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 bid Katie? I am excited to see what they do next. <laughs> and based on the last two episodes. What other cameo are we gonna? Have oh my god! That? Well, they can't <laughs> seem to get one one per episode so they far. Can't be, so. They can't be flying around the pylons of DS Nine without giving us somebody from DS Nine. That would be that would be whack. I'll, it's I'll go on probably we're probably gonna see Quark at some point. Maybe oh we'll see a continuation god. of the Batlas and Barnox, and they have to buy it from Quark. Who knows? Oh, oh you're <laughs> right. I'm going, Katie. Any final thoughts about um, these episodes? I, I mean, I kind of just gave my my final thoughts about like how they've been able to really mishmash that you know yeah. characters with the, with the antics. But I mean, as solid as this episode was, I'm just really excited to see where they're going because it, if they can keep up this level, like you were saying, season three is going to be even better than the first. And that's I know. Really, really exciting. They're, they're totally crushing. I love it. Well, cool. All right. Well, that wraps up see, segment one. Katie, where can people find you out there on the webs of Inter? You can find me on Twitter at QTGeek. That is Q underscore T Geek. And then you can also find me at Instagram on Quintessential Geek. I love it. All right. Uh, brief pause for station identification. And we will be back, Katie. Thank you, as always. Much yes. obliged. All right, All right. We'll be back. Bye, all. And we're back from our non-existent break. <laughs> it's just Peter and myself. Peter, I am, I have to admit, I'm looking forward to finishing this, not just because I'm not super fond of TOS Season 3, but in a couple of episodes, you, Katie, and I get to finish an entire episode together where we get to do a teardown of Star Trek Nemesis, which we've already been teasing up. Oh, yeah. That, Nemesis. That's, that's going to be a good time. But at any rate, we're on to uh, Segment 3, Part 3 of 4, Breaking down the final season of the original series. We're getting there, folks. You'll get Turnabout Intruder eventually. You'll get it. Yes, the 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 non-event of a series finale. Um, the, the cancellation they quote unquote didn't know was coming. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, we we got we got a crop of uh, another six episodes, and I I was not displeased. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, episode thirteen of the season is Alan of Troyes. Uh, direct, you see, it got the same dude directed by and written by. See, I got myself out of knowing which was which. Uh, John, <laughs> John, John Meredith Lucas. Uh, this is from December of 1968. So this was a Christmas episode. Oh, how Christmassy. Uh, but regardless, while transporting an arrogant, demanding, spoiled princess, that's a lot of, lot of edge. It's a lot of descriptive uh, language there. Uh, for a political marriage, Captain Kirk must cope with both her biochemical ability to force him to love her and sabotage on the ship. 
I love this episode because to me, it ties backwards to an episode of TNG, the uh, the perfect mate with uh, yep. which was uh, Patrick Stewart working with. Um, going to draw a blank on her name, Famica Johnson. Who? Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, Phoenix later, from X Men. But yeah, that's... exactly. You know, later, exactly, they were in the X Men together. She was Jean Grey. He's obviously Professor X. Um, I love this because, yeah, she is. You know, to a 1960s level of obnoxious, over the top. She is what Kat, what Kirk is to all other types of acting and emoting to being an obnoxious woman. She's, she's the female Kirk, but she takes it kind of to a level beyond, you know, she's super annoying, but, but she's also, you know, dangerous. She's, she's, you know, her, uh, I think her, the associate, the ambassador, he's not, he's not an Andorian, but he's blue skinned. I don't know what, what race he is. They're Um, from the two different planets. Right. She's going to that, his planet. Yeah, he's a weird little toady guy. She is, I think her name was Frances uh, Nyan was the actress's name. And she was, I believe she was actually Vietnamese. Um, and just a very exotic looking, even before they put the makeup on it. One of the things I thought was the most noteworthy is that she has three three bodyguards or associates. They're wearing these outfits that are orange, but they're composed of these huge plastic like almost flower petals that like the chest piece the guy has is it and you can tell it's just it's made out of resin or plastic or something even cheaper and i'm like that actually is pretty damn innovative for the shoestring budget you know final season of this show i was impressed by that i thought this was a cool episode i think it also benefited from the the 2006 40th anniversary uh you know recompositing of all the cg and cgi effects yep uh, so you're, you're getting you're getting some Klingon vessels. You're getting um, you know better shots of the Enterprise kind of doing its thing. I liked this yeah. episode. It's it's dumb, but I liked it. Yeah, it is dumb, but it is enjoyable. It's well acted. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's got. I mean, the spoiled leader figuring out that you know other people need to be treated like. Right. Sentient why, beings is like, why, it's a why, decent story. So. Why can't I get people to like me? And it's her tears that are Be, the, the, yeah, the pheromone. Because, because you're such a pain in the ass. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's she's peed to the extreme. And what I really do love in the end is that McCoy's like, well, there's no cure for the, the tears of the dolmen. So he's never, even though she's gone, he's never going to get over it. And Spock's like, no, he found a cure. And, and, and McCoy's like, well, what's the cure? He says, there is no powerful... Uh, more powerful effect in Kirk's life for the love of anything but the love of the Enterprise. And he is. He's cured because mm-hmm. he loves being the captain of the Enterprise, which is kind of a glib answer. But you know what? You know, think about what a painful moment it is in Star Trek Three when Kirk it, it's finally- very, very It's a very fitting line for what right. we know about James Kirk, right. especially later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For when he does actually have to sacrifice the Enterprise in Star Trek Three, and my God, Bones, what have I done? Oh, yeah. it was just—it's a great, I really, it's a yeah, great really scene like in that movie. So, yeah, without a doubt. Like I said, and I've gone on record as saying many, many times that Star Trek Three is is my favorite Star Trek film because of it's a, like it's that. a good one. Yeah, it's a really exactly. good one. Yeah, no, it totally it doesn't great. deserve the the crap it gets. Like everyone says, oh, the odd ones are bad. It's like no, Star right. Trek Three is good. Star Trek three well, is good. I mean, so. you know, on a complete sidebar, you know, Star Trek, the motion picture, Star Trek one was different in its own way. It was innovative in its own way. Star oh yeah. Three is fantastic. It's really, it's when we get to Star Trek. It's mostly five. If that's a problem. And, and then leapfrogging into seven, which would be generations. Generations yeah, okay. has the issue of a complete sidebar, but generations has the issue of it's very clearly a TNG two parter. 
Yeah. They got dragged into a full length movie. Right. But the, the end of the first episode of the two parter is like 75% of the way through the film. Cause you know exactly where that cut is. It's right. when the, the Nexus shows up, like there's a blackout. It's like, Oh look to be continued. And then they yeah, keep exactly. Going. And of course this was still a logical, we were still talking about Kirk, but let's move on. Uh, yeah. Take on the next episode, please. All right. Episode 14, whom gods destroy directed by Herb Wallerstein story by Lee Irwin and Jerry soul teleplay by Lee Irwin aired July, January 3rd, 1969. Captain Kirk visits a mental health facility and confronts an insane starship captain who believes he is destined to control the universe. Oh my goodness. Earth of Izar. What this one is great because you have characters who are nuts. Um, yep. include, including, oh, Yvonne Craig as the, and I'm drawing a blank as the Orion's. Uh, I don't yeah, the Orion slave. lady. Yeah, I hate she's just an. Or, she's just. A, she's not really a slave girl at that right. point. She's just a inmate. But, <laughs> you know, Yvonne Craig is, of course, Batgirl from Batman '66. Wonderful, beautiful actress. Um, and then you have uh, Garth of Izar is a character that has lived on in Alec Peters. Um, yeah, uh, Prelude it, to Axanar. Uh, yeah, yep. Prelude to Axanar being such such a key character. Um, I love this episode, but again, it's it's over emoting one hundred and one. But that's oh yeah, but that's they're supposed the, that, to be that's crazy. What it's all about. So. They're supposed to be crazy. So th- this one really fits the bill. I really like it. Um, yeah, Garth is he's he's driven mad. You know, the whole purpose of them beaming down is they have the magic antidote that cures the malady of every person there, which is kind of an oversimplification, but still, you know, yeah. things go, things go wrong. And at the end of it, sorry for a spoiler alert for something for over 50 years ago. Um, you know, it, it, they get more of the antidote, they cure them all, but um, yeah, Garth of Visor, that's a character I would, I would be very interested to see. That's, what that's part of what I was excited yeah. when I originally heard about um, the fan film prelude to Axanar. Cause I was like, right. Oh look, we finally get to see what, Gar- we finally get to see someone's take on what Garth of Izar did. Right, exactly. Uh, um, so. Right, totally. Be that as it may. Yeah, um, exactly. But I, I also like the Kirk-Spock dynamics here where you have, um, you, you get to see a little bit more of how like Kirk and Spock really know each other because right. Garth tries to pretend to be Kirk and it just doesn't work. Um, right, and he also does it to Scotty too. He's like, "Oh well, uh, just uh, yeah, just remind me what the command codes are." It's like, dude. <laughs> and he was a little better when he was faking it as Spock because he didn't have yeah. like the he was he just he just frowned a lot more like. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it, oh. it, yeah, but it was pretty good with how that how that character dynamic worked. And, right, exactly. You know, the, when they the first reveal was also really good. It's like here comes the, the administrator. Oh, well, let me show you this, this, and this. And then they're like, wait, the administrator's in the cell. Oh no, it's Garth. Ah, meow, meow. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah, that was so pretty I, well done. I really love this. All right, well, moving on to the next episode. I know and you and I had an off-book conversation that you were like, unpopular opinion, wasn't crazy about it. But this is one of those episodes that has, that it's very significant. A lot of people talk about it. And mm-hmm. it does have a very direct message. Uh, episode 15 of the season is let that 
Be Your Last Battlefield, uh, directed by Judd Taylor, whose name we've seen uh, in other places throughout the season. Story by Gene L. Kuhn, the producer. Uh, and yep. play by Oliver Crawford from January of 1969. Uh, boy, episode, episode 70. So we're down to the last nine episodes. So crazy. Yep. So crazy. The Enterprise picks up the last two survivors of a war-torn planet who are still committed to destroying each other aboard the ship. Uh, and of course... What is the what is the MacGuffin here? Uh, they are in, 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 in Trousseau with their clothing because again they're from an alien race that that only has one set of clothes. Um, Evidently, one of <laughs> one of them is completely black on the left side, like black black, not like a skin tone color of black, like, like shoe actually, leather black. Le, yeah, like pr- like printer ink black, and the other one is yeah, you know, liquid paper white on the other side, and they're reversed. Um, so it's it's uh, Commander Beal and Commander or it's it's Beal and Loki, I believe yep. the characters. Name. I think that's uh, and then Loki or Beal. Sorry if I mix up. Is played by Frank Gorshin. So we have two episodes in a row. We've got we've got great actors from Batman sixty six, another one of my favorite shows. Um, and this is a Peter. I know that what you didn't love about it is that it's a it's a little too on the nose, cut through about. Uh, racial discrimination uh, in the world. I, in I call it a two by four. It's not yeah. that it's just two on the nose because other episodes and other things are a little on the nose of what, like it's clear what right. they're talking about it. This is just like, did you get it? Did you get yeah. it? Did you well, get it? Like the, uh, the uh, episode back in season two with, they gave us the Mugato. It was the uh, private little war with the allegory to the Vietnam war and, you know, giving yeah, weapons. That, to the that one I think was just a little bit better in how it handled it. A little bit better, yeah, exactly. So i i like I like it for all the classic reasons. Um, I love it for Frank Gorshin's uh, portrayal of his character. Uh, this also gave us the self destruct sequence, uh, which was finally, which was aborted, reused, but then, but then executed word again. for word. We're going right back to Star Trek Three because, yeah, that was that was how the Enterprise uh, met its Waterloo was through this destruct sequence. Um, yep. So I liked it, um, and again, like you said, it's. There's no doubt that it's too on the nose, um, but yeah. for the for the time uh, that it came out in 1969, uh, obviously the civil rights uh, crisis, uh, you know, the big blowout in civil rights had happened in the mid 1960s. This was the late 1960s, but it's not like oh things were all incredibly better throughout the. Oh no, things didn't get immediately better. No, <laughs> I mean things, and and certainly things aren't great now you know we still struggle with that absolutely every day so this is yeah this is kind of a timeless portrayal of that is yeah it's instead of being on the nose you're right it's a two by four across the back of your head yeah but it's it's one of the things where it's like it the idea of it and the heart's there but i think that a lot of people again this is my opinion take this episode and take it as the blueprint for how star trek is supposed to be and that's part of why we they take that and then they take like um a couple episodes in TNG season one because oh Roddenberry's fingers are all over it, and right. then you get stuff like um, so, a lot of the reasons why some of us are not the biggest fans of Discovery with right. how they tell the story, not necessarily right. the story, but right. how they tell the story. I, I can't you know, and again without Katie on the show because uh, she's a bigger Discovery fan than I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. And with Discovery, we've had in the new era, I think we've had shows that are better than discovery but 
I'm always hopeful that Discovery is going to come back and like, hey, oh my they, God, season I mean, they, it's going to blow me away. They may do it. They may come better. I'm all I'm saying is like, it seems like this is one of the, the touchstones that they're using. Like everyone keeps pointing back of Star Trek being social commentary and they keep going back to this one. That's like, right. this is a good one, but it doesn't like land it terribly right. well. Right, right. I hear you. I hear you. All right, let's move on. Next episode is yours. All right. Episode 16, The Mark of Gideon. Directed by Judd Taylor, once again. Written by George F. Slavin and Stanley Adams. Aired January 17th, 1969. An overpopulated race of aliens abduct Kirk to solve their problem. They're they're so over... uh overpopulated that the men stop growing hair. Uh, we actually are yeah, so that. overpopulated that they haven't figured out space travel. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I, uh, we had a crossover actor in this, uh, in an episode of season one. We're going back to talk about season one of TNG. It was commander Kinderos in the episode with the binars. It was in this episode. He was the other oh, yeah. guy. Yep. Same. Well, thing. yeah. <laughs> um, I, it was funny. I was watching this episode and April walks the room through the room and says, that woman has a huge forehead. That was her entire comment commentary on the episode so yeah it was kirk has to beam down because they need some rare whatever disease he has because they want to introduce a fatal disease to start killing people off it's pretty grim you know what i mean it's kind of it i mean it's a commentary on like population control and that sort of stuff like it's but it it was one of those like i mean i get where you're going Right. But this is the future and we have spaceships like this really shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, let's put a let, let's get a bunch of colony ships here and start shipping you guys off to the other 8 billion worlds, you yeah, know, there's got to be like within a, the federation a, footprint. There, there's got to be at least one other terrestrial planet in your solar system like at least yeah. go there. Like yeah, it was, forming's it was, a thing. It was pretty dull. Yeah, and again the the federation even though not quite as advanced as it is, obviously in the time of TNG, a hundred years later, there are you know hundreds of thousands of planets out there. They could be like, we're going to split up your population into five groups and go to five planets, and we're in the, we'll settle you there. Now you guys have your own little micro whatever. It's just yeah, it was kind of dumb, um, but yeah. I mean, we did get some interesting stuff of you know Kirk wandering around the Enterprise and being. I mean, it wasn't really the Enterprise, but wandering right. around going, where, where is everybody? And actually where we got the still shot that they used for relics to oh, put right. Scotty okay. back in the bridge because it was right. completely empty. I think it's actually right. where this shot behind me comes from. Oh, so. I, I, I think you're absolutely correct. Yeah. So it was um, – yeah, it was just uh, – Again, you're right. It was kind of like it could there be a simpler solution? Absolutely. But, you know, having Kirk and gang along is what helps these guys understand that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like I like as I said, it it makes sense what they're trying to do. And like commentary on like you need to, you know, like you can't just kill people because you have a problem. You can't. Um, Are you serious? Oh, yeah. oh man. that takes so many things off of my <laughs> Oh to my do God. It takes it right. It <laughs> takes it right off the table. So, um, all right. Well, moving on. Uh, episode uh, seventeen of the season uh, is that which survives. This was directed by Harb Wallerstein. Uh, story by DC Fontana, one of the greats. Teleplay by John uh, Meredith Lucas from January of January twenty fourth, nineteen sixty nine. The crew of the Enterprise visits an abandoned outpost guarded by a mysterious computer. Super forgettable episode for me. I'm like, yeah. okay, there's a woman, and one by one, she 
tries to kill like, the away team. She tries to kill them, but she can't kill Kirk because she's supposed to, she can only kill Sulu and then she's got to come back. I just, I didn't get it. Yeah. It was, it was an w- interesting concept that like, I think the concept is better developed with the Iconians in yes. next generation with the idea of a, of a dead civilization that has left things behind. Right. Um, the probe idea of like, it's a defense mechanism, but it's only s- stated to kill like one thing at a time so that it hopefully scares you away instead of just mass murdering everyone. Okay, fine. Oh, yeah. But it, it did just oh, yeah. like make it a little weird where it's like, I am for Sulu. Kirk stands in the way. I am for Sulu. Well, you just can't like, have him. Yeah. And, and then it's like another one comes back. I'm for Kirk. And they just keep on yeah. bouncing. And, and then I think at one point there's like one for each of them. And they just kind of like do this merry-go-round. It's like, do, 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 it's like do, 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 do. okay. <laughs> like yeah, it, it worked. It's not an amazing episode, but it does have some interesting stuff. And sure. It, and there's a, you can have a good chuckle about the whole like dancing around to not get touched. Oh my gosh. Plenty, of, but it's certainly a whole lot better than the Plato stepchildren and the the horse. Oh uh, yeah, as significant as Plato stepchildren as this is more watchable. Oh my god, infinitely! God, I think you could put all the six of these episodes together, and they're more watchable than Plato stepchildren. So, yeah. sorry, sorry, I know that's a brave take with because it was you know a groundbreaking episode. But the hey, it's a that. groundbreaking shot. The rest of the episode is bad. it was it was it was a groundbreaking <laughs> shit. That's what we should have called the episode. The groundbreaking shot heard around the world. The episode that uh, was otherwise a crap fest. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, wrapping it up for this segment, uh, episode 18 of the season is The Lights of Zetar, Zetar, whatever. Herb Kernwith is the director. Uh, Jeremy Tarcher and Sherry... Sher- now, don't tell me this is the same Sherry Lewis. Hold on. Hold on. Let me click Let's on this Let's find link. out. Because if this is... The sh- oh, my God. It's Sherry Lewis, who's of uh, Sherry and the Lamb. Oh, my gosh. From lamb Jack Chop. Oh, no. What the... Oh, my God. Record needle scratch in the episode. What, what? the hell? <laughs> Sherry Lewis of Sherry and Lamb Chop was the co-writer of an episode of the original Star Trek. Some if I awooga, somebody sound an alarm. What the hell is going now? I might have to change the name of the episode. Katie is gonna be furious, but Star Trek and Sherry and Lamb Chop. Holy cow. What the I, hell? Oh my gosh. I I have no idea. No, 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 no clue. So obviously before she, yeah, I, I, this completely changed the focus of this conversation. Um, but yeah, oh, oh my goodness. Yes. Sherry Lewis of Sherry and Lamb Chop fame wrote what I consider to be kind of a weird episode of the original series. Now again, okay. So strange energy based alien life forms threaten memory alpha, which is, I love memory alpha. That That's the name of kind of the number one, um, uh, new uh, reference site. It's a wiki mm-hmm. site for Star Trek. Uh, that is the basis of just about all of our new source. Uh, basically, all of our reference sources here come from memory. Yep, Alpha. it's uh, yeah. Came out of the old encyclopedia that's over on my shelf. It, yeah, and I've got that one too. Um, and, and anyway, threaten threaten the station and threaten the Enterprise crew. Um, I'm totally thrown. This is January 31. This came out. I'm totally thrown by the Sherry and Lamb Chop thing. I, I don't even know what to think about this episode anymore. Besides the fact that I don't know what it is about being a chief engineer in Starfleet, but basically your you love life just, sucks. You're, you're, you're a punching bag. Look at look at O'Brien torture. Oh. 
O'Brien, Jordy, Jordy and Bolana gets captured and tortured a bunch too. She, exactly. I mean, hers ends a little bit better, right? Um, but yeah, Trip Tucker, Tucker gets dies. blown up. <laughs> you know, um, I, you know, things aren't great for Paul. Well, Paul, well, uh, Jet Reno is the uh, chief engineer of um, of Discovery. Uh, Hammer. Got, uh, Hammer yeah, has things happen to him, yeah. Right, and uh, you've got um, – I'm drawing a blank on the guy on Lower So Decks. far, Billups is fine Billups, in Lower Decks. You, yeah. The only thing he's had is his mom tried to get him to become king. I know, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, Although he, he did he, just get they – they just about threw him in a volcano this last time. Okay, episode, there you but. go. So, yeah, so that that's pretty much a clean sweep for engineers in, in Starfleet uh, on these shows. So I guess we have to look at the writers of Star Trek and be like, which engineer hurt you? Yeah, I was going to say, why do you hate engineering so much? What, what did engineering do to you? But yeah, this was – anyway, we started this ramble by – yeah, it was the same thing. Scotty, he's in love with the girl and she gets taken over by this energy. She starts talking. She's new to Starfleet. Um, mm-hmm. So she's kind of – she's kind of – they don't really explain if she's new to Starfleet. Or just knew this ship or something. Yeah. Well, they make it sound like she. Well, they make it sound like she was a civvy who joined Starfleet and just like I just took my space test and whatever and this and that. Because Scotty's, you know, when she's in sick bay, she's like, "Oh, you're just getting your space legs." How do they even meet and fall in love and whatever? Because yeah, we had Scotty uh, Wolf in the Fold. He ends up murdering a, a dancer. Uh, yep. the, the the Adonis episode with Carol Palamas. Uh, yep. He lost her to friggin' Apollo, and then th- it's just like, good God! And in the end of it, yeah, he ends up with. Nobody. There's that weird flirtation in Star Trek Five with him and Uhura that doesn't really. Yeah, that was weird. Because yeah, it was. I mean, a lot of things about that film that were just weird. But yeah, it's just. I mean, th- don't get me wrong. I love Scotty. Yeah, who, who can't love Scotty? But yeah, it's just getting his ass kicked around. Like you said, same thing with every other chief engineer in. Yeah, Starfleet. I mean the the joke about like like Deep Space Nine has like a subtitle that everyone talks about. O'Brien must suffer. Yeah, right. So yeah, so it's the same thing with Scott. Well, and then there was the episode Scotty died in this episode or in Yeah, the Changeling, and then he died in another one. He died in the was again, it was the Who Mourns for Adonis episode. Yeah, he gets killed again. You know, so I just oh my God. And he didn't die in the um Oh crap, the tombstone episode. Yeah, that was Chekhov. Chekhov Spectre of the Gun. Yeah, he didn't die in that one. So, um, yeah, so this is just more Scotty getting beaten up. Uh, and at the end of it, he loses the girl because she stays at Memory Alpha to be the, you know, functionary to communicate with these aliens and stuff. So poor Scotty. It's just it's just not fair. Yep. Scotty just doesn't yeah. have anything great happen to him. He just doesn't have anything going for him. All right. Well, wrapping up, looking over the six episodes, let's have a favorite and a least favorite. You go first. Wheel. Um... I'm going to have to say uh, whom gods destroy. Okay. Um, I, I really liked all of that interaction and the, the, the weirdness that was yeah. Garth. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And, and like you have a little bit more context of like, Oh, there's a, there's, he's a comp. Was he a Commodore or a fleet captain? He was a fleet captain. I think he was he a fleet was, captain. Yeah. Yeah. He and uh, like myself and SFI, um, he and then Captain Pike from his, you know, beep beep chair were, were the fleet captain. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we get to see a few new ranks. We get to yeah. hear about some history. Right. Um, but then also you get to see just the 
the shenanigans that ensue and a lot of, you know, Scotty oh. sitting on the bridge going, what the heck is going on down there? Exactly. <laughs> Which happens right, a lot right. in TOS. Yeah, he gets a lot of, well, I'm in charge, but yeah, I can't do much about it. So, all right. And how about a dud? Which one was the icky thump for you in this episode? Um, the one that I probably least enjoyed was Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. But in terms of just like, eh, Mark of Gideon. Yeah, I gotcha. I mean, for me, I'll, I'll go in reverse. I'll go, eh, I'm going to say it's probably a tie between Mark of Gideon or That Which Survives. Because you asked me, I couldn't, yeah. tell, I couldn't even tell you how the episode ended because they were so to me. I mean, I remember how That Which Survives ended. Mark of Gideon is mostly a, eh. <laughs> Man, well, we did the thing or whatever it is. I, I'm kind of stuck in between loving... Um, I really like all three of the first episodes in this segment. Um, but I, I also really, really, I like Ilana Troyes the best because it's, it's, it's outrageous. And in the it end, of it, and then in the end of it, Kirk, you know, horn dog of the galaxy, um, manages to shake off the unshake offable love curse because of how much he loves the enterprise. You know what? It's Which like, I think uh, again, uh, points uh, to the fact that Kirk is not quite as horny as everyone thinks he is. I know he is a, he, he is kind of, uh, he's kind of a, um, I'm drawing a blank. He's kind of a, he's kind of very, no, not, what is that? He's very pansexual. His love for the Enterprise and an animate object kind of trumps his love for anything else in his life. I don't know. Maybe that's a crazy statement. Please don't at me on Twitter if I got it wrong. I don't know that you can't love a starship more than you can love a man or a woman or, or another. I mean, you can't love the Enterprise sexually, but you can love the Enterprise. Well, that's just because we don't have holodecks yet. <laughs> Good. Oh, we're not even going to go there. Oh, my God. Let's well, not pull a Lando. We're not going to pull. Yeah, this is not an L3. We're not doing no. a Disney version Lando. We're not doing it. Yeah, exactly. We're not doing an L3 scenario. All right. Well, Peter, that is the end of the program go ahead and take us up on out of here all right for more information about starfleet international please visit grand petoskey on facebook instagram and twitter oh yeah and peter where do people find you out there on the web you can find me floating around on the interwebs at patrus aquinas um if you go on twitter you'll see my most recent attempt at animation for a star trek fan series Ooh, nice um, so I like it. Good stuff. And of course, you can find me over on Twitter at the C3. Uh, so I actually changed that recently. So you can find me obviously on Instagram. And I'm dabbling with TikTok a little bit, kind of sort of trying. Um, at my wife, April, and I, of course, do run the USS Grand Petoskey, uh, one of the biggest chapters of the Starfleet International Fan Club in the world. Uh, you can find us at a website of that name. Peter is our chief engineer. Uh, a website of that name, and then across all social media channels, too. I also try to fill up our Secret Friends Unite. Uh, Facebook page with content. So that's usually me. Um, but yeah, come find us over there. And then of course, at our great website, please subscribe not only to our YouTube channel, but also to our network podcast uh, feed at a podcast service of your choosing. You get all four of our great shows, this program, which comes out bi-weekly. You get Holocron Chronicles, which is our Star Wars show, myself and Mark Carabin. Also bi-weekly, uh, Secret Friends Unite Prime comes out every Friday. That's Todd Oxtra and myself. Since 2014, we're about to hit our 400th episode, which we're very excited about. Woohoo! And then, of course, Code 40, or excuse me, the co-op mode, our video game show. That's Todd and Mark Carabin, also bi-weekly talking about video games. Plug, plug, plug. Everything is in the show notes. Find us there. Um, but as always, friends, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking. Peace and long life.
This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.